It's a Christmas season. How many of you have done all your Christmas shopping? Show of hands. Come on. Is there anyone you finished who has not done all their Christmas shopping yet? Look at us. Who hasn't started your Christmas shopping yet? Now, nah, be careful. That person, I saw some hands hitting some people. Be careful we're in church. Um, and be careful that you're not lying because we're in church as well. Um, I know you, some of you, you're like, oh, I've done it all. You're going to be on Amazon while I'm preaching, buying some stuff. Um, one of the things I loved when I was growing up is, you know, making a Christmas list of who I was going to buy gifts for. And what's amazing is that my daughter being five now, she really kind of gets into it as well. My kids like to make their lists, and Jojo being three, he doesn't, he doesn't quite get it yet. But they're trying to get gifts. You know, last night we had a, a big uh, ordeal in our house where my daughter went and got a bunch of toys that she has and needed me to wrap them for her so she can give them to Mandy. So she's kind of getting it, but I'm like, I don't think Mommy wants your, your old used toys that you don't want anymore. But, um, but, but, but she's working on, you know, the idea of creating a list. And today I want to share a message with you that God's put on my heart, and I'm calling it my Christmas list. And I want us to think about this idea of the list that we create, because every year, if you're anything like me um, and many other people, you create a list of people in your life that matter, that you love, uh, and that you feel in some way you want to present a gift, a tangible expression of your love, of your appreciation to them during this season. And so you make that list, uh, you check it twice, whether they've been good or bad, uh, you're still going to give them a gift, right? But you, you have your list, and you go through that list, and what you're doing when you're making decisions on what to give, you're thinking about a few things, aren't you? You're thinking about what would they like? What would they want? What do they need? Those are normally the three spheres that you're kind of thinking about, and whenever you're thinking about giving the right kind of gift. And here's what I found, that the greater gift is the one that has the greater meaning behind it. Anyone could buy someone something, but when your gift has a story connected to it, it's powerful, isn't it? And so I want us to think about this idea of making a Christmas list and who those people in your life really are that matter enough that you want them to receive a special gift this season. As we go back in God's Word, over 2,000 years ago, on the first Christmas, we're going to call the first Christmas the one where Jesus was born. The whole uh, reason for this season is Jesus. Why? Because Christmas is the celebration of Christ's birth, of Jesus' birth, that Jesus was a real person who lived a real life over 2,000 years ago. He was born on what we celebrate as Christmas. And in this time of remembering, I want you to think about the very first Christmas, because I want you to know there was a list. There was a first Christmas list. It was God's Christmas list. Who did God want to visit and share the good news that Jesus was coming? There were a group of people. There were names on a list, and what we see transpiring in the opening um, pages of the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, especially is this Christmas list that God has, that he wants to bring the gift of Jesus and share the good news of what's about to happen with a group of people. And as he begins to visit them, and of course Mary's one of them that's visited, and Joseph and Zechariah and Elizabeth is, uh, conceives and has a child, John the Baptist, and then we see what we're going to come to today, a group of shepherds who are on God's Christmas list. And I want us to understand the power of what happens because I believe it speaks to how you and I can live a bit differently 
this Christmas. So would you open with me to Luke chapter 2, and I just want to pray that the Lord would meet us as we open his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the power of your word, for the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, speak through this word today, I pray. Lord, would the burden that's burning in my heart, Lord God, become contagious in all of our hearts, that, Lord, you would help us. Lord, you had people on your heart and on your mind that first Christmas that needed to receive this gift of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray today, Lord, we will operate with the same burden, the same passion, the same revelation, Lord God, that we would live the way that we see you called your people to live so long ago. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses, uh, starting in verse 8. It says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So, you know, it's interesting that shepherds were on God's Christmas list. I get that you would probably want to let Mary know that she's going to give birth to your son if you're God. I get that. You're probably going to want to let Joseph know, hey, uh, you know, you, you, you're a part of this story. Um, and, and I know you're not his father. I'm his father. But you need to raise Jesus. Uh, and I can understand uh, the others and, and John the Baptist's parents needing to understand and know But when I get to the idea that as God, the God of the universe, made a list of people, and we know that he made this list because he sent angels to speak to them. Now, an angel is a messenger from God. They come, and why would a messenger come? What is a messenger bringing with them when they come? A message. So a messenger brings a message. Good. Ten points for you. That's good. So an angel is a messenger that wants to bring a message. And God created this list of people and groups that would receive this message. One of them was shepherds. Now, shepherds, uh, during this time in the Old Testament, we see shepherds in, in a very positive light, especially Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And David was king, but he was a shepherd before he was king. But it was a lowly occupation. It was one where we could see that they were not as much honored. They were kind of looked down upon. It was not desirable. It was a dirty job. They had to be out in the fields away from their family, uh, long hours, even days and weeks at a time. They were seen almost like the least of these. And it's amazing that of all the people God, the God of the universe, would have on his heart to share the good news of Christmas with, shepherds were among them. And these shepherds would play a key role in the first Christmas uh, story. And I believe that what happened in this moment is something that's meant to be carried on even to us today. And so the, the shepherds are there, and then the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. That's verse 9. And they were terrified. Verse 10 says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Someone say good news. That will cause great joy. Someone say great joy. For all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So this is what the angel says. God makes a list. This is who you're going to. He then sends the messengers. He sends them to these different places. I mean, we understand this so clearly because if you go to uh, Luke's gospel, just one chapter earlier in chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, it says this, 
in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to the town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and did what? Said something. He brought a message. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 26 says, what happened? God sent the messenger, Gabriel. God sent the angels. Why? Because God had a list. He had people whom he wanted this message to get to. And what God was, was, was doing in that moment was answering this question, who needs to hear the good news of Jesus this Christmas? That was ultimately what's on the heart of God. Who needs to know this good news that will bring great joy? Mary and Joseph and these shepherds. And so they say, we, we want you to know this. He's coming. What news do they bring? The one you've been waiting for has finally come. The one who God promised through the prophets of old and through the Old Testament scriptures, the one whom God would said would make all things right, the one who would come and heal the sick and raise the dead to life and redeem God's people and would save them from their sins. He is here. He's coming. His name is Jesus. You know why? Because God always keeps his promises. Look no further than Jesus. God keeps his word. And what the good news was, was that God was doing it and that they didn't have to live in hope anymore. Without hope, they didn't have to live without peace. They didn't have to live in despair. The Lord had come in a special way. And these shepherds find out this great news that will bring great joy to them. But verse 12, look at this. Here's what they say. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This right here is so powerful because we always get the picture of this manger, and it's such a cute little manger, and it's there, and it looks so rustic, and I love our kind of rustic look here up here on the platform. Um, but there's no dirt with any of this rustic look. It's cool, and it's, it, it's, it's nice in this way, but if you go back to the first Christmas, this wasn't something out of... Some, some nice photo catalog. This was, this was a mess. This was the idea that we didn't have any room for you, so the best we can give you is where the, the animals are sleeping. And I know you're pregnant, but you're just going to have to give birth in that area. And once they gave birth to this child, could you imagine? I remember when both of my children came into the world, and they, the, the baby was born, and then they cleaned him off, and then they wrapped the baby up in, in a cloth, and then we placed him inside of a very clean and sterilized bed. If you've had a child that's premature, then placed in a NICU unit, and it's, it's, it, it has certain heat, it has certain ability to just maintain health and, and sanitation and all these things. Can you imagine that the first moments Jesus is born and comes into the world, he's taken into the arms of his mother, wrapped in some kind of cloth, and then they place him in an animal's feeding trough. That's what a manger is. It's where the animals would eat out of. Are you with me? They didn't run down to Kmart and buy a brand new one. This was the one they were using. And they placed the baby Jesus in there. Have you ever thought about that? Do you want to know what that was? It was a sign. And the angel pointed to it and said, when you get to town, it won't be a miracle just that a baby's been born in Bethlehem. It won't just be a miracle 
that it would be a baby that would be born outside of a home because of the fact that it's so full because of the census. But when you get there, you're going to find the baby who has been born, and then he's going to be lying inside of an animal's feeding trough. That's how specific the message was. And when they get there, what happens? Well, as they're, as they're hearing this news, suddenly, verse 13 says, the great company of heaven's hosts appeared, and the angels praised God, and they said, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. What they're saying and what they're declaring in this moment, it wasn't just a beautiful choir number that the angels wanted to do to end this message. They were declaring a truth that God's time of great blessing is coming, and we're praising him. Because the time has come. Jesus is here. That's why when we get together, we get excited when we worship, church. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. And even though he was a baby wrapped in claws, they knew, the angels knew something they couldn't comprehend yet. That he was the one who would bring them peace. He was the one who would heal the sick. He was the one who would call forth into a grave and someone would raise to life. He was the one who was coming to die to save the world. And they couldn't stop but sing about it, but give praise to God. Because wrapped in this tiny body was the hope of all humanity. And as that happened, and as these shepherds heard it, the shepherds in verse 15, it says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They know it wasn't the angel that told them, but the angel was just a messenger. God was making his message known through them, the angel to the message, uh, to, to, to the shepherds. They said, the Lord has now told us this. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was what? Lying in the manger. It's a fulfillment of what God had said. God keeps his word. God keeps his promises. And as he did that, they saw it. And now here's what, here's what the beautiful part is. Verse 17. When they had seen him, what did they do? Come on, tell me. You see it on the screen. They spread the word concerning what, he had, been, uh, what had been told them about this child. What was been told to them about this child? He is who? The Messiah, the promised one, the Lord. He's here. Do you want to know who the first evangelists are in the New Testament? The shepherds at Jesus' birth. Before the woman at the well, before the apostles, before the book of Acts, before the early church, this is the first people who go, and when they receive the news of who Jesus is, they hear the message, and they see the proof of the message lived out in front of them. When those two things connect, then the next thing you do is you go and spread the word about everything the Lord has done. This is the natural progression that we see in Scripture over and over and over again. And this is what happened. And, the, and, and so when they saw him, they spread the word, and all those who heard them, verse 18, were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. God fulfilled his word. They received the message of the good news. They followed that message and found it was as God said it would be. And the only thing they could do as a result is go and tell everything everyone that would hear them. This is who God is, and this is what God has done. 
Let me tell you today, if you've received the message about who Jesus is, if you've trusted God enough to follow him, and you have found that he is who he says he is, is there anyone else in the house who would join me in saying amen to that? If that's where you are, then I want to call you and challenge you that we are called to carry the message the same way that they were. And tell anyone who will listen, this is who Jesus is. This was the first message of Christmas. This was the essence of Christmas. The greatest gift that was given at Christmas was not gold, was not frankincense, was not myrrh. You want to know what the greatest gift that was given at Christmas was? Was the gift of the message of Christmas that a shepherd went. And we don't even know who they told. But every person that received that message, every one of them, that their life was changed because of the fact that they heard and received. There is hope. Jesus is here. That's the greatest gift you could ever give to someone. It's not the gifts that Jesus received, but it's the gift of Jesus that others were able to receive. And so when I think about this Christmas, I want to encourage every one of us to do something different, to change the way we make Christmas lists, to think about making a brand new list starting today. Yes, you have those that you're shopping for. Yes, you have those that you love and that you care about. But I believe there's another list. There's a list that the God of the universe has of those who don't yet know him, those who are far from him, those that are on his heart and are in your life. And I believe the Lord wants to show you today. Today's the day you're going to be like the shepherds. And today they're going to hear the good news of who I am. Today, they're going to receive the greatest gift this Christmas. Because I want to tell you, you can go through all the work. You could wrap up these gifts as nice. I'm looking at these gifts that Jessica and the team have put together. I can't wrap gifts this nice. But it doesn't matter what's in this box, how much it costs. Because I know there are people in my life that don't need this. They need this. They need peace. And we can't find peace in a box or in an electronic. There are pe people that will spend thousands of dollars this Christmas and they will have no more joy. None of it will give them the joy that the Lord can give. None of it will. There are people that will have it, and they'll be excited because they got the thing that they wanted, but they still won't have any hope because they don't have the Lord. I'm talking about a different kind of gift this Christmas, and, I'm, and it, it, it requires a paradigm shift in our minds, a new way of thinking. Here's the way that you've been thinking about Christmas and I've been thinking about Christmas is this. Who needs a gift this Christmas? Who needs a gift on Christmas? That's what all of our lists are connected to. Are you with me? But what if we change the question and we ask this question? Who needs the gift of Christmas? What's the gift of Christmas? Jesus. Who needs that gift? Who needs the gift, the message of the good news, that they don't have to live without hope, that they don't have to live without peace, that Jesus has come, that hope is on the way and has a name? Who needs the gift of Christmas? That's what I want you to do right now. I want you to take your sermon notes on the back if you have the bulletin or if you pull out your phone or if you have a, um, you know, a journal that you bring with you to church to take notes. Find a piece of paper right now. And I want you to begin to answer that question. Who needs the gift of Christmas? Who is far from God but close to me? Who is in my sphere of influence, in my work, in my family, in my friendships, in my coming or going, whatever it might be, that doesn't yet know God or they're far from God? They knew God and they've kind of run from him or they're, they're, they're hurt by something and, they're, and, and they've just retreated. Who needs this Christmas, the gift that only Jesus can give? His power, his freedom, his hope, his peace. 
we ask that question. There are people that are already coming to your mind. Just begin to write their names down. Just begin to write now, just as many as God puts on your heart. You know, as you're, as you're thinking, there, there are some people in your life that, that this can maybe help you narrow who some of those people might be. I call them the knots. There's three knots. Uh, one of, is not in church, someone who's not in church. As you're asking your friends and family and whoever, hey, what are you doing this Christmas? If it, none of it involves any connection to church because this is one of the most prime times in the entire year, I would say even more than Easter, that people are open to being in church. Do you know what I'm talking about? So you see someone that doesn't have any plans to be a part of any church service, anything, then chances are maybe that they, they, they may not be very connected to the Lord in this season of their life. It's not that church attendance is that, but that's a key part of gathering together in faith. So if you find someone is just, they're not in church, they're just going through the motions or doing whatever, maybe they might be someone who needs to experience the, the, the gift of Christmas, of Christ. If um, they're in a place where it's not going well, Things are not going well. That's the second knot, not going well. Not, um, there's maybe some kind of pinch point, some kind of pain point going on in their, in their life, if you'll put up that second one. Um, so if it's not going well, there are things that got them out of sorts, challenges or crisis that they're going through. Um, in those moments, they may be in an exact place where God shows up. I know this. God found me when I was at a very low point. He didn't find me when I was on the, on, on the high road. I felt like everything was going well. But sometimes we get to the bottom of ourselves, and that's where God picks us up. Can anyone else share in that story with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? He didn't find you at your best, amen? He didn't find me at my best. But I'm so thankful that he finds us at our worst, loves us at our worst, loves us too much to let us stay at our worst, and brings us into new life. The, the final one is um, not prepared for. If you find people going through transitions, seasons in life, and literally saying these words to you, I never expected, whatever that is, that might be a prime place where I just believe these are places where the Lord really can show up and wants to do a work in someone's life. So if you're now thinking, okay, I, I think I know some people that are there, you just begin to, to just make that list. These are those that, that would be in a place that you're going to begin to pray and ask, Lord, give them the gift of Christmas, Lord. Give them your hope. Give them your peace. Give them your love. The Bible calls us to this. He calls us to go out. So at the beginning of, of this Christmas story, when Jesus is born, the angels come and say this, I have good news that will bring great joy to all people, right? Good news, great joy, all people. Say it with me. Good news, great joy, all people. And, and that message was given to the angels to give to the shepherds. And what did the shepherds do? They went around and they said, we got good news that will bring great joy to everyone that would listen to them. That's what happened. At the end, that was the beginning of Jesus' life. Do you want to know what happened at the end of Jesus' life? The same exact thing. Jesus died and rose again. And in Mark's gospel, chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus then said to his disciples, go into all the world to who? All people. And preach the good news to who? Everyone. Do you see the connection, church? This has been a part of God's plan, the message of the good news of who Jesus is and who God wants to save and restore. Share it with anyone and everyone. So as you kind of are thinking through this list that's right in front of you, maybe you have names, maybe you have family members, friends, there are three things that I want to invite you to do, and I'll invite Pastor Rick to come up at this time. Three things that will be so vitally important. Invest, invite, include. Those are going to be the three things I want to just talk to you about briefly. The first is invest in your relationship with them. Help them know that they're not forgotten this season. If they're going through a difficult 
a difficulty, if they're going through something, invest in that relationship. Invest in spending time with them. and Invest in, in just them personally. Love them. Spend time with them. Perhaps God has put you in their life for a reason and for this very reason. Invest in prayer. Would you commit daily, and I want to see a show of hands of who will do it, that you, every name you've written down, you will pray for them every day from now till Christmas. Will anyone join me? Every day from now till Christmas. Put it somewhere that you'll just remember. You just pray for them. You just pray. Perhaps you know what's not going well, what they're not prepared for, whatever the challenge might be if they're facing one. Pray for that. Pray for God to move in their life. Pray that this season they'll receive the greatest gift, the gift God would want to give them. The hope, the joy, the peace, the salvation, whatever that might be, you, you, you just pray for them. Invest time in prayer. Invite. Invite them to attend one of our Christmas services. Invite them to get into a place where this Christmas season they can hear the good news about who Jesus is. Perhaps God will give you the ability to share that yourself, but invite them to a place where they can make a decision. And, it, and perhaps God will move in their heart and life. Here's what I know. On December 22nd, Evangel Family Christmas, we are going to have a ton of people here. We're going to have many guests on that day between those services. And it's going to be an incredible opportunity for people to hear the good news. That's what I'm praying for. I'm going to be sharing the, the message of Christmas, the message of what Jesus has done. And my prayer is that many on that day are going to hear the good news and give their hearts to the Lord. And then our Christmas Eve candlelight service, the same thing. It is an incredible time to come together, and we are expecting and preparing to share with all those who will come and that during these four services over those two different days that we're going to see many people give their hearts and lives to people. And here's what I genuinely believe. Some of the people that are going to give their hearts to the Lord are written on the piece of paper right in front of you right now. They're the people God has put in your life that he wants to reach, that he wants to speak to, that he is calling you to be a part of seeing the message of Jesus get to them. Who needs to know this Christmas about the gift of Christmas? That we don't have to live without hope, that Jesus has come. And then include them. That's the third one. Include them in your Christmas plans. Don't just invite them to church, but make room for them to join with you. Say, hey, I'm going to 9 o'clock on the 22nd. Hey, I'll be at the 7 o'clock service, and I'm saving a seat for you on Christmas Eve. Whatever that looks like, include them in your, your plans for Christmas. And perhaps the Lord will use that opportunity to make an eternal difference uh, in their life and in yours. Amen? Come on, would you bow your heads with me right now in your hearts? Here's what's so amazing is that at one point in time or another, whether you are brand new to the faith or you've been walking with the Lord for a very long time, at one point in time or another, the Lord saw it fit. You were on his list. He loved you and someone loved you enough to share that good news with you and make an invitation, brought you to church, whatever it looked like, but perhaps this happened for you. And the greatest thing you could do this Christmas is share this great gift with someone else. And as you do, perhaps we'll be just like these shepherds, that because you know Jesus is real and what he's done in your life, you can't help but tell others about him. But before that, for some of you, when you're going through this list and you're, you're asking, and here's what I want you to do if your heads are bowed and today you have that list and you know those people, I want you to just begin right now, just begin to pray for them. You begin to pray and ask the Lord to give you opportunity for him to move in their life. 
whatever it is. But some of you, you need to listen to me right now because when you wrote that list, you thought the first person who's far from God is me. <laughs> I'm far from God. I know people that are, but I'm, I'm not right with God today. And you're feeling all kinds of maybe challenged or, or even convicted, uh, uncomfortable, whatever that is. Um, it's because the Lord is drawing near. And I believe you're here today, not by accident, but because God wanted to show himself real in your life. And he did not want you to leave here today without having the opportunity to change your life forever. That comes on the other side of a personal relationship with him. And you know if you're far from God today. And if you would say, today I'm far from God, I'm the first person that needs to get right with God. And if that's you, I'm going to say another prayer. We did this right before communion, but I'm going to give another opportunity right now for those to make that decision that would need to. If you're here within the sound of my voice and you'd say, Pastor, I need to turn my life to Jesus. I, I need to get right with God. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer right now. Maybe you're praying it for the very first time or you're in a place where you've been far from God and you're coming back to the Lord right now in this moment. If that's you, pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. Today I turn away from them and I turn towards you. And Lord, I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising from the dead. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed and eye closed, I just want to ask you this question. If today was the day that you turned your heart towards the Lord, you got right with God, perhaps it was right now or earlier in our service. If you say, Pastor, I walked in here today and I was far from God, but I'm leaving here today that I've made Jesus Lord of my life. I've given my heart to him. I want you just to lift your hand up right above your head if that's you. Praise the Lord. Is there anyone else? Just lift your hand up real high right now if that's you. Praise God. I see your hand. Anyone else in the balcony? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church fam. Let's celebrate with those that made that decision today. Thank you, Lord. If I could have the prayer team come up right now in church family, if you'll stand with me this morning. We're going to close in prayer. And I want you to commit now to pray for these people that are in your life. Invite them to our Christmas services that are coming up, even our year-end uh, uh, New Year's Eve service. We're believing God's going to do an incredible work in our lives this Christmas season. Let me pray for you as you get ready to go. And if you need prayer, you're welcome to come forward. We have a prayer team that's here to pray with you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, please come forward before you leave. Let us give you a free gift. Let us just pray with you and encourage you in that decision. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord God, for your incredible gift, Lord God. We thank you for the good news, and we pray it will give great joy to people again today this season, Lord. We pray that this will be a season where hearts and lives are changed forever, and that, Lord, you'll do a deep work inside of each of us, Lord. You know the desires of our heart. You know what we need this season. May we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you go today. We'll look forward to seeing you on Wednesday and next Sunday morning.